All right, guys, big episode of the Northeast Podcast. Kirk Cousins is Captain Clutch, and the Vikings move to 4-1 and one on the season. The NFL wants to move to Europe, and the Wild will get underway this week. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Couldn't be better. I'm super good. Vikes keep winning. Yeah, Minnesota sports had me feeling hopeful still, and that's mostly because our Minnesota Vikings are now 4-1. and one. So we will dive into that in a minute. But before we jump into that, I need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. And also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank you. Heck yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep. Wow. Was Jinx. I know. You guys We're just that. mailing it in through this part. We can't wait to get to real sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? All right. I'm drinking uh, Lupulins. Just look at it, uh, which I believe is a reference to that amazing viral video from that dude that was like, would you look at it? Would you look at this? Would you, would you look at it? Remember that video? Yeah. About the car? Okay. Well, it's great. Um, anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a damn good beer. It's like a really big West Coast beer, so it's big and strong and bitter and tasty. I like it. 9.5%. Okay. Good night. Jesus. Good night. I didn't know it was that strong. Yeah, you could you could even have a piece of chocolate with that beer if you wanted. You'd be okay. <laughs> they might counteract each other. Uh, I'm drinking a Blackberry Cucumber Muray Pepino LaCroix. Oh, Jesus. Good for you, though. Way to be healthy. We're not that. doing the once once we're done with the Thrones cast and we go back to Sundays, then I can have I can have beer, but I'm not drinking during the week. I like that. Good for you. All right, uh, so I'm drinking Modest's uh, Citrus Glow Fruited Sour. Okay, this is a fruited sour with Pilsner malt, malted wheat, hopped in cryo citra, then conditioned on tangerine, pink grapefruit, lemon, and lime. It's really good. Good lord, I've Jesus had it. Christmas. I like it, Eric. At least you guys found beers that were consumable this week yeah yeah wow. i still have five of those wow. in my fridge big surprise <laughs> I that, dude i gave you know them those, oh no you know what those beers are for jimbo if you ever make beer brats oh just just use that to boil the brats in and you'll never know i mean you know what i mean like if yep just do that be fine i gave them away to tyler of winterfell he's not gonna drink them either and he's i said re, he's he's re-gifting them to billy as we no, speak i said i said <laughs> I was like, dude, it's worth a try. If you don't like them, just dump them right down the drain. But I hate them. Yeah. So we'll give you can try to like them. But what I think was crazy is that they fucking canned that. Yeah. (laughs) And they make a good beer otherwise. Like they can make salmon pants and foggy geezer and that. Yeah, that was a problem. So, all right, guys, it is time for us to move on to our Minnesota Vikings skull. Um, they beat the Bears 29-22, to and I think it's officially time to start calling Kirk Cousins Captain Clutch. Captain Clutch of Kirktober. Yeah, I mean, the guy could probably sit for most of the second and third quarters and about have the same stats. Um, he is clutch, though. He has literally had the game-tying or game-winning drive in 10 of his last 21 games. I mean, it's a thing at this point, yeah. including the last three games. When we need a drive at the end of the game, Kirk has dissected teams. Two game-winning drives and one game-tying drive. Um, well, one, the of them would have been a, one of them would have been a touchdown, too, but the 
the coaches pulled the plug, you know, on going oh, for yeah, the touchdown and settle for the field goal. Three yeah. game winning drives, mm-hmm. not time. Yeah, yeah. Three game winning yeah, yeah. drives in the last three weeks in their final drive. And I can't believe it, but I'm literally um, you know, like I have total faith in Kirk at the end of the game. Yeah, I do. He gets involved in the game. I'm like, he's going to go right down the field and, and win this thing for us. So I think it's I think pretty it, indicative that because they flashed it up on the screen of like how many one score games the Vikings played last season. And we were like three and six in those or mm-hmm. I mean, whatever, whatever the stat was. Um, and I think you could see the difference in the coaching staffs significantly. And I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying that you know, KOC is, is walking on water. But I think that you see the difference between modern thinking offensively versus like old school um, Mike Zimmer. You know, that's not a knock on Zimmer. Different, like the way we're on track for anyways, like our point differential isn't even going to be that much different than last year's. Last year, we lost so many close games within one score. Like every every game we lost was within one score. And now we're only mm-hmm. winning by one score. So It's the least reliable um, like thing year to year mm-hmm. is one score or one, like your record in one score games, but it is like the the quickest way to go from a bad team to a good team. There you go. And a couple adjustments that win you games and close ones. Well, think, and... think about that for a second. If Zimmer, if Mike Zimmer had, had somehow turned, turned around three of those games, he would probably still be employed with the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, we'd be in the same boat we were in, you know, for the last almost decade, you know, with him at the helm. Um, all because like Greg Joseph barely missed a field goal, you know, um, that Kirk couldn't quite get it done against the Cardinals uh, and, and a handful of other times where we where we like barely lost. So, um, yeah, it's definitely like a, a, a nice edge. You know, you can you could fall off one way or the other very, very easy. Mm-hmm. But it just is a good sign of playoff teams are ones that win one score games. So I'm pumped about this. It's the one thing that has me feeling really positive, um, at least the most positive. Uh, next up would obviously be Jefferson, who is just completely uncoverable at this point. Um, I do think we get away for some reason uh, in throwing him the ball in the second half of games, which is just bizarre. He had 10 catches in the first half, and I think he had two in the second half, which seems unforgivable. But he is just absolutely alone uh, a lot of the time. Like, he just runs such insane routes, and he's just, like, by himself. Yeah, I think... And I think the coaches kind of overthink that too, where they're like, okay, well, we got to, we got to find some balance here. Let's get Adam the ball. Let's get KJ the ball. Let's feed Dalvin mm-hmm. who had a good game uh, by all, by all accounts. Um, didn't look as sluggish as he had in the previous three games to me. Um, but one question I wanted to toss out to Eric before we move on with like this captain clutch thing um, is this, do you feel like um, this pattern is maybe a little bit unsustainable? moving forward and that we should be putting these teams away much sooner than five minutes to go in the fourth quarter with a 17 play, like miracle, not a miracle drive, but like a lot of things had to go right drive. I do. I do feel that way. Um, And I think that part of our problem is that KOC is like showing himself to be an A plus uh, scripted coach, like his in week planning for their situational drives that they're running in the first half is just crazy. He's the, just, the Bears the Bears had zero answers for our first three drives. No, no answers nothing. whatsoever. They couldn't respond to anything we did. Um, the trick plays he threw in, like the Jefferson pass to Cook, like all the scripted stuff. I think they're just 
I mean, they're as, about as good as it gets right it now. All, it all came off. Like, it all it all went off perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But off-script Vikings doesn't look as good. And they're allowing teams to get right back in the games. They are just doing a so-so job of protecting Cousins. Um, too many negative plays. You know, like, it just seems like you're in the second half and suddenly you take a second down sack and we're in third and 16, you know. And it's like yeah. those third and longs in the second half lead to a bunch of punts. We turn the ball over one time and the defense just isn't going to be very good this year. Like, it would be awesome if we make some improvements, but no one's coming through the door. I mean, this no. is the squad. <laughs> the, the, this there are is a bunch it, yeah. of, like, 33-year-old guys. Like, Well, but, yeah, barring, barring bringing a guy in, you know, that gets waived at some point. I mean, this is this is the defense. These are the players you got. They're going to be just an okay defense. He's trying desperately to build a, like, bend but don't break defense. Mm-hmm. He's trying to this just, Ed, like... Ed Donatel guy or something? Is that the... He's getting I a lot of shit on must... the social media. Do you guys think that his the shit he's getting is deserved or not deserved? No. No, no we talked about that last week. Right. I think, Where... no. I think he's just, like... Doing his best. I he's think fitting, he... he's fit, Like Eric said, he's fitting square pegs into round holes and just patchworking mm-hmm. this defense together for now. They're just trying... They, I think that they came in, they said, hey, we want to stay competitive. We want to do a soft rebuild. And I think that what happened is... is that KOC probably sold them on like, dude, the offense could be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, okay, but the defense is going to be pretty bad. And he brought in a very veteran defensive coach who's going to try to do his best with what he has. But I think for the for the short term, the defense is just going to be okay. All right. I think it's like, um, I, I would compare it to like, take a Premier League team like a, I don't know, Aston Villa, Burnley, like some of these lower tier teams that they have to have, the right structure they have to stay disciplined and they're going to give up opportunities and the goal is not to prevent all of them and be this like behemoth defense the goal is to limit the amount of damage done mm-hmm. and i think that's where the defense is is uh trying to find that fine balance of like sometimes getting pressure we're not going to blitz a lot uh being safe you know We'd, we're going to die by death by a thousand cuts as so opposed to getting what, like two positions do you think need the first upgrades on defense our pass rush and our cornerbacks okay yeah i would say corner pass rush i think is just a Bad. symptom of well like they only send four most of the time and we don't have the buccaneers defensive linemen so i think it's kind of tough for those yeah. guys to get home yeah, that's why I'm saying we need to buy, find some guys who can. <laughs> oh, yeah. so you're you're saying Daniel and Zadarius aren't very good? Yeah, I think they're wow. Oh, I think Zadarius has been like downright bad. And I yeah, think, and that's your guy too, Daniel. That's and your... I think Daniel has been like sturdy in the run game. Yeah, <laughs> that's as good as you can say about him. I don't think they're they're not getting any sacks. They're not getting any pressure. Um, so I I do think that they the defense is what it is. But Jefferson is just insane. He's second in the NFL in catches to only Cooper Cup. He's first in the NFL in yards, and he is first in the NFL in twenty plus yard receptions. So he is as good as advertised. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. And he's I think two times been called down at the half yard line. Yeah, um, he has. Yeah, he's but, been close. And you know, this this game we like all our touchdowns. I feel like we just walked him in. Like you said, Delvin yeah. was good and he was good, but a lot of his touchdowns were just a great scheme and he was able to kind of go in almost untouched. Well and then like like you said, it's uh you know, Kirk gets the touchdown pass, but the Jalen Rieger is essentially like a run. Yep. Um and Dalvin had had a, a touchdown run of like one yard. Kirk called his own number at the half yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I think 
I think it's not that Justin Jefferson isn't deserving of touchdowns. They'll come. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a weird, you know, the, the circumstances are what they are and, yeah. and you can't control that. And so, you know, if you're on the half yard line, Pete Carroll, you should run the ball yeah. if you have good running backs. And so. if you're, if you're one in three or, you know, one in four or something, you're, and you know, you're seeing JJ not getting these TDs and it's a problem, but it's obviously not a problem because we're winning. So yeah. What, mm-hmm. Who cares? I don't oh, think he cares either. No, no, he's just killing the NFL. I mean, if he, he would take, he has three total touchdowns because he has a rushing touchdown. He would take three touchdowns and leading the league in Russia in receiving um, after five weeks. Mm-hmm. If he yeah. would, and, well, that. and the team being four and one too. I think yeah, he yeah. Would take all of that. Yeah. Um, so we have the dolphins next week. Uh, I think we are open. We opened up as three point favorites on the road. Um, but it could go up depending on who's going to play quarterback. We have no idea who's going to play quarterback. We don't know if it's going to be one of three different guys. Could it be Tua? I have my serious doubts. It'll it shouldn't be, Tua. be. I think that he will probably, like, I think if it wouldn't have been so horrific on te- television, Tua would for sure be playing. He's not, pl- he's not playing. But I think he's safe NFL, against us, though, according to you guys. So maybe they should just start. <laughs> he would. He would be totally fine. But um, I do think that Tua um, is probably going to sit out. I, they haven't said anything, but I can't imagine he plays. Teddy um, was woozy after getting hit. They tried to claim it was an elbow injury. And then he a spotter said he had a concussion. Is Teddy Bridge? Yeah. Oh, um, hell yeah. And then. And then he um, passed the concussion concussion check, but the NFL made new concussion rules this week. And so now I saw one person say he's in protocol for nine days. So I don't know if he's even going to be eligible to play. So we might be playing against a seventh round rookie again who played this week and was just like not a professional quarterback. Jimbo, what are the rules on uh, like from the backup quarterback cursing uh, for the Vikings? Is the third stringer does that apply to this to the ruling? <laughs> well, that's our true Achilles, I think. I mean, if, if you go to the yeah. third string, <laughs> if you start having like you know a guy that that is like the punter, but he played quarterback in uh, high school, we're done. Yeah, we're fucked. We're in real trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is interesting though, and the, like otherwise, the Dolphins are pretty good, aren't they? Um, they have no defense. Okay. Like their defense is just getting bled dry by everybody, but their offense is really scary when they're healthy. But Tyree Kill was in a walking boot. Teddy and Tua, no one knows if they're going to play. I I think the Vikings are going to be pretty heavily favored next week because I just don't think the Dolphins are going to be very ha- healthy. And I think the NFL is going to punish them for making them look stupid with the Tua stuff. Yeah, and right. It so made they're look it made the NFL look bad, and I think they're really going to be like, those guys aren't fucking playing. Yeah, did you guys hear John Oliver? No. So I guess his last week tonight was about NFL and concussions, and he pretty much made the cases like, maybe this sport shouldn't exist. So I know you guys are John Oliver fans. Maybe you shouldn't even watch it because you're going to be too I do. Forward. I love John Oliver. I think that um, what needs to happen is Jeff Bezos should get gifted a an NFL team if he can come up with – um, helmets and mouth guards that are preventative of or pre- prevents players from getting concussion. Okay, I like that. And he can put he can put all of his money, he can put billions of dollars into the craziest technology to protect these guys. And then if he does that, they gift him uh, a team. Okay, that's not a hey. And I think at least you're an idea guy. That's a win for everybody. Yeah, but then we got Jeff Bezos mucking up my enjoyment of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, we like guys like Dan Snyder more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, just, one of the, one they're thing just a bunch of Jerry Jones. Yeah. 
um, you know, you, you're talking about like health of teams, and I, I read something as of three days ago. The Vikings are the second healthiest team in the league, which is great. Uh, Packers right behind us, and I can't remember who was first. Knock on wood. Um, maybe like Tampa Bay or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of cool. So far, so good. Yeah, I I just want <clears throat> I want when we're playing inferior teams to put them away. Um, moving forward, I mean, ostensibly we should have won that Bears game fifty three to six. Uh, you know, at some point, but took our foot off the gas. Um, happy to be four and one though. I'm very excited. Um, it feels like there's new life in U.S. Bank Stadium. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. feels like the team is not. You know, like Zimmer, somebody misses a field goal and then, you know, the next day he's bringing in three kickers to try out, you know, that type of thing. Greg Joseph misses the extra point and KOC is like patting him on the shoulder pads being like, you're going to have to make one. So let's, Mm -hmm. you know, it it just feels it's a completely different vibe. Um, And I think it's done wonders for Kirk and his confidence level. So, yay, let's go. And I didn't mind the interception. Wasn't in a clutch situation. And I think he was trying to press a little bit. And, you know, we, we... kill Kirk for checking down all the time. And then when he doesn't check down and he gets a pick, everyone's like, Oh, Kirk threw another interception. It's like, mm-hmm. we can't have both ways. So right. I was fine with it. And um, I think he made smart decisions for all of the game. He broke a, a what? 40 year old Vikings passing record for the most completions, uh, consecutive completions. Yeah. To start a game. So yeah, no, him. I'd rather have them make like six huge plays a game, like big throws and one interception. I think that you can live with that, you know, whatever that ratio is. I like when they press. All right, uh, let's move on to the London game this week. It was the Green Bay Packers. They got off to a 10 nothing lead over the Giants, who literally don't have a quarterback. Uh, they were up 20-10 to 10 at halftime. That's a, Yeah, that sounds right. They're up 20 to 10 at halftime, and then they gave up 17 in the second half to lose 27 to 20. What a great way to start the weekend. (laughs) Well, we went into the Vikings game because they played the early game, which I just, I fucking love the early game. Um, Me too. And so I was like, so now I'm thinking, like, dude, this is such a golden opportunity. We have to win this game, right? I mean, like, and then Detroit loses, and, or, you know, at least our way down. And then, of course, we make it way too interesting with the Bears, but. Um, all three division teams lose. I mean, it's just perfect. What a perfect fucking week. And and we're the only 3-0 and team in the division in the NFL. So mm-hmm. good for us. There you go. Even better. Good for us. Um, yeah, so that was great. The Packers lose. Um, at this point, uh, Aaron Rodgers needs to be questioned a little bit. I know some of his teammates were seemingly questioning uh, the team. But uh, Aaron Rodgers was running all kinds of things where he has – um, the option on a play. So they'll call pitch left, right? And his receiver will run a slant on the opposite side of the play. So the running back and all of the linemen and everybody on the field, except for his receiver, are running pitch left. But Aaron Rodgers is able to check out of that play. So it will look like a run play to everybody else. And then he gets to throw the ball if he wants to. Or they could call... You know, so you're saying he comes up to the line, depending on the way the defense is aligned and yep. set up, he may say, you know, he'll he'll you know, give some, you know, verbal indication to the team that we're not running. We're running the pass play instead of the run. No, no, he doesn't tell anyone. Oh, he just, he just he just does it on his own. They're running the run play still. So everyone's blocking run, which probably helps him sometimes. And the player is running run, you know, like the running backs expecting the ball. And Aaron Rodgers has the freedom to check out of that on his own, where just 
the receiver's running a route no matter what, and he can read whatever it is, probably some linebacker, and he's reading this linebacker, and then he can decide if he wants to stay with the run play that they called or ad-lib his pass play that he wants to. And so in this last game, Aaron Rodgers did that repeatedly, like a lot of times, Mm -hmm. including on the last two plays of the game, which both of them got batted down. They were both run plays. And both times Aaron Rodgers just went off script, did his own thing, decided he wanted to throw the ball, threw them both into un, un, you know, unblocked edge guys. Because if you're running a run play away from the pass, of course you're not going to block that guy. So he's coming free on every one of those plays. And Rodgers needs to like maneuver the ball around that guy. And both well, they, times- the, the Giants defense had also figured it out when he came up to the line and he grabbed his shoulder pad on the right side. They were like, for them, left. They were yep. like, it's going left, it's going left. And so everybody, like, shifted over, and the dude, like, he just jumped, and, like, Rodgers threw it right into him. Like, it was... And on the fourth down play, they they called whatever run play to Dylan to the left. And if you look, it's just, it's three guys blocking three guys. They all hold up in their block. Yeah. He probably walks into the end zone. Yeah, hat on a hat. That's an easy <laughs> touchdown for him. And instead, yeah. Rodgers throws it to the, to the, the right. And they knock it down badly, you know, and it's just, it's good to see. Um, he seems like he's really pressing. I know they're still three and two. They're just one game behind us. Um, but no one can say that the Packers are passing the eye test because they most definitely are not. Hey, you know what? Do you guys remember last year how many um, passes that Kirk had batted down? I feel like that mm-hmm. isn't happening this year. Did he like fix that or what happened there? Remember last year he was like leading the league and like every fucking pass got batted down. It was horrible. <laughs> I don't really remember that, but oh, yeah, I, do. I don't know. Well, I, I, no, I, mean, I remember the, the topic of, of the Packers loss. So they're three and two, us and the Giants. I mean, sweet. Uh, yeah, in the NFC, you have um, the Niners have a great record. The Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles all have a great record. And the Vikings are four and one. I think those are your one loss teams and undefeated Eagles, so. Not too shabby. Pretty good start. I feel good about where we're at. Um, and then also in the news, Roger Goodell is claiming that London could have two permanent NFL teams. He believes that the city could have two teams. And then he talked about possibly doing a four-team European division uh, where you would have four teams. I would imagine they would well, be... there's two in London. Two in London, one in Paris, and one in Munich would be my best guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know they've really tried to push football in Germany in the past, so I would imagine Munich would be one of the places they'd go. And then Paris is just, like, seems too obvious. It would probably have to be Paris. We got, like, the croissants. We got, like, the Wiener schnitzels. We got the bad teeth. And what's the other London team? The the, the, the the afternoon (laughs) team. Yeah, I was going to say green tea. The, um, the, The crumpets. The beans on toast. There you go. So maybe the queens. Yeah, maybe well, they're the queens. If we're the kings, well, now the kings. I love it. Um, yeah. So that would be fun. I don't know if I want there to be more NFL teams. To be honest with you, uh, the rosters would just get four teams thinner. Mm-hmm. I know it's what the NFL wants, but I think the ultimate goal should be create a MLS of football in Europe. And they tried that already. Yeah, but you want to know what my strategy would be to abandon the NCAA. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. To abandon the NCAA, and I would let kids come out of high school and go play the Pro League Europe. Mm. So all of your top draft pick guys, instead of going to play in college, could go be professional players in Europe, play there. All their games would be on Saturday, competing with with college football. 
and the Premier League, they would never allow that. Well, what else are they going to play? I mean, they play on Sunday. I, I know. I'm just saying, like, soccer is Saturday. Like, that's the, that's not happening. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that that is uh, interesting, but I don't think it's anywhere no. close at the moment. All right, let's move on. Our Minnesota Wild start this Thursday. They have four straight home games, and Thursday they play against the New York Rangers. So... Are we feeling pretty good about the wild at this point? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't really we'll know. See. I, I, mean, I mean, I don't really know enough about, um, I know, you know, some of the youngsters that were going to be kind of forced to play this year due to salary restrictions um, will be interesting to see. It's kind of hard to predict what they're going to, what they're going to look like. Uh, some of those, some of those guys look good at the end of the season last year. Just not quite enough. Um, Kaprizov, we got him out of Russia. Thank God. So season is saved in that regard. I don't think running back um, who's the goalie. Mark Andre Fleury for another yeah. season is a good thing. I think Mark Andre Fleury and Gustafson, who we got from in a trade, it seems like the part of the team that has me the most spooked. Yeah, I would say that's that's got to be a big gaping hole. I really believe that. Yes, I agree. Um, it just sucks because they have such an elite prospect in Jesper Wallstead, who's going to be in the minors. He's just not ready to be a a professional yet. He's like 19 years old, but I think they just are. They don't want to go out and make a big goalie move because they have their big goalie in waiting right now, and he just is only lacking experience. And so they just have to wait for him to be ready. Um, I was very excited seeing both Marco Rossi and Kalen Adelson both made the team. Um, I think they are instant contributors. I believe Marco Rossi leads the entire NHL in preseason scoring, which I'm not saying that that's important, but for a kid uh, – you know, coming up and playing his first real minutes, I think it's pretty cool that he's... I mean, it helps you to get kind of get off the schneid, right? You see one, see a few of them go in the back of the net, and you start feeling pretty good. He's going to jump in and be a top six forward right away. Do we have any? Do we have any better centers? Than... I mean, Marco Rossi. He'll jump in and be. Oh, he here. plays center. Oh, I thought yeah. he was a winger. Sorry, he, he's played both, but I think he'll play center for us. Um, I think he will be centering Kaprizov by the end of the year. Okay. <laughs> I think, I mean, that's not fair. I've heard he has great chemistry with Matthew Boldy. So in reality, he'll probably play with Boldy this year. Um, but he should be a top six forward, you know, from the get-go, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it means you can keep guys like Erickson Eck on the third line where he can do all that two-way damage. Um, you'll still yeah, have... Kind of, a, kind of an underrated contributor last season for us was Eric yeah. finally oh, finally yeah. kind of put his full got his full breadth of like his NHL game together and that was good to see under Everson. Yeah, so I I'm pretty excited. I I don't think this team can win the title. Um but I do think that considering they're in complete salary cap hell, the fact that they signed up Kaprizov long term, that they have some really big young pieces coming through. They've got some big contracts leaving at the end of the year. They'll have some flexibility over the next 2 years and I think that there, it always feels like we're a year or two away, but I do really think that um, the window is going to start opening up next year, maybe. And I think that they're going to have about three years um, where they're going to be able to boost up that roster as soon as the Parisian suitor stuff comes off the books. Finally, is that is as that soon as like possible. over the the like after this year? Before? I think it's after next year. Okay, yeah, all right. It's I think two there's more two years, years left. Yeah two years of paying them, which is going to really kind of crush us. But we have so many good young players that are on cheap deals that we should be able to kind of weather that storm, still remain a playoff team and like a good NHL team. And then hopefully you're kind of have the freedom to go out and sign a couple big pieces. And as like Kaprizov is entering his prime as, you know, 
Wallstead's coming into his own as a professional goalie, hopefully, as Rossi and Boldy are starting to hit some heights. You know, it's, you should be kind of like ready to hit hit blast off at that point. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm hopeful. I think they will uh, be a lot like last year, which is getting our hopes up. But ultimately, they are not going to compete for the title, but they're like a surefire playoff. Sounds good. I mean, that's okay for now. I like the idea of the window opening up. That's nice. Yeah. Um, Also, Wolves, they're a week and a half out at this point. They start a week from Wednesday, and they have two more uh, preseason games. They've been red hot in the preseason. Uh, But my thing with the Wolves is the experts and the odds makers don't like the Wolves. And I just... No respect. I don't know why. It has me... (laughs) Are you serious? You don't know why? We could have I mean, LeBron, Vegas, we could have, like, you know, Giannis. They'd still give us bad odds, dude. They know that I we're a loser I, team. The the Vegas is in the business of making money. They don't care who you are. And they have us as the eighth favorite in the West. And, like, to me, that seems so unacceptable. They have Golden State 1, the Clippers 2, Phoenix 3, Denver 4, the Lakers 5, Memphis 6, Dallas seven and Minnesota eight. Well, there's and there's I'm so sorry. much public there's so much public money on a lot of those teams that you named, regardless of who's on the roster. Yeah, I mean, if somebody has like a bravada above whatever it is account, put a hundred dollars down for me. If I win, I'll let you have five percent. I don't. Let's do it. I'm, I'm I would love to bet on uh, you know take the wolves on the over there. That's we're much much better than the eighth. Where I think that we could finish third or fourth. Well, I think the I think the sentiment also among sports pundits in general is why did they trade for Gobert? And I think I think that maybe has some people um, hesitant to say that the Wolves are going to be better um, because they don't know how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just saying that I think, I, I feel like that's the temperature of maybe the national you know, sports media heard, is I've they don't understand. Of that. I've, but, you know, one thing I've heard is like, I've definitely heard that we've gave up too much and we fucked up the, the market and you know, whatever. And other, other players couldn't afford to even get traded anymore. And, you know, how did Donovan go for less, whatever. Okay. But I've also heard that like, we paid this much because he is a really important piece. Like he, we had a bad def like defensive side of the ball and rebounding. Now we, (laughs) now we have a shot blocker and a post defender and one of the like defensive player of the year, like perennial candidates. I think it makes a lot of sense on paper and hopefully off. I just, this is my, I'm not trying to be negative because I feel very positive about the, so I, I, I'm going to try to give my both, my both sides on this. I feel positive about the Wolves, but new sports, Eric, is not someone, is, is keep, keep expectations low as much as possible. That's me, new me. I'm trying to, because I'm so sick of being disappointed and I, I felt so hopeful about the Wolves. But the fact is, like, every NBA podcast I listen to, which is, like, multiple a week, they usually don't even mention the Wolves. If they do, they're like, whatever, they paid too much for him in the trade, and they're going to be the same old Wolves. And I'm like, ugh, like, I don't feel that way. I have felt like they're going to be good. So I'm trying to temper my expectations just a little bit, because everyone who's in the know um, seems to think we're going to be pretty bad. But... what? Well, not bad, but just like it's the same the same good. as we were last year, seven seed. Like not winning know. a playoff series. Yeah. And to me, I feel like um, they seem like a team that everyone in like week four is going to be like, well, of course the Wolves are good. Why didn't we think they were going to be good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like what I'm kind of imagining is like everyone's like, well, yeah, how do we not see this? Of course they're good. Whatever they have- happened to three of the top 25, the only team? I mean, like these are the same writers that came up with this fucking list. 
Yeah, no, I get it. I just think that they, you know, it's going to be, can we jump over teams like Phoenix, Denver, who everyone thinks is going to be really good, uh, maybe Memphis. Obviously, the Lakers will be one of those teams. You know, what about Dallas? Like, those are the teams you're in direct competition with. And they're good. And they're good. They're, there's a lot of good teams in the NBA. And, and then I the think- Clippers are kind of the wild card of that, of like, are they, you know, Kawhi hasn't played for a year and a half. Has he still got but, it? I mean, you know, got him um, and Paul George. I mean, like, that should be a pretty potent combo. And I get it. I get it. I can see also see, the like, the Wolves being right at these guys' level. And it's all very close. And the difference between a, a fourth seed and a sixth seed is a game and a half. You know, like. Yeah. I think it just depends so heavily on the evolution of anthrax sure like how much does he level up does he level up a little bit and he's like you know similar to donovan mitchell level or does he level up a lot and he's like jason tatum well like yeah are we getting ant from the memphis series that hits the fall away three to tie the game you know with a half a second left um or are we getting the ant that gambles on defense and gives up a layup to john you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. yeah are we getting the best of both worlds out of Ant, or are we just getting like this? Oh, he's a fun-loving guy, and um, you know he he tries really hard, but he's you know he doesn't take basketball that seriously. Like I want to see competitive Ant. He cut the hair, so I think that's a good first step. <laughs> it's like he's taking it seriously. We're not having our college haircut anymore. I think you he know, gave it to, to Butler. I think he gave his hair to Butler. I don't know if you've seen this bullshit. I think he, I think if, he's, that, if he shows up and he's 27, 5, and 5, and he just leveled up into, like, a superstar, I think the Wolves are really good. The sky's the limit there. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, if he is if he takes over as the best player on the team and Cat's your number two and Gobert's your number three and uh, McDaniels is your number four and D'Angelo Russell's your number five. That's a fucking you're probably great team. Pretty That's good. where we need to be. That's where yeah. we need to be. That's what needs to happen. It's like it, – it, it needs to be less D'Angelo Russell. Austin Rivers, obviously number six yeah. off the bench. <laughs> number <laughs> he doesn't get cut. No, I think uh, I think and I think the Wolves will have some surprises, dude. I think this Bryn Forbes kid is yeah. going to be kind of sneaky good for the He's Wolves like off the bench this year. Three point shooter in the league over the just last lights year. out, just lights out. Give me give me all of him off the bench for fifteen minutes. Give me a heat check. Take two or three yeah. off balance. If they go in, great. If not, who cares? We'll play out. Love Kyle again next time. Love the Kyle Anderson signing. Uh, Noel mm-hmm. needed to play more last year. Yeah, like I'd almost split time between good. Noel and uh, uh, Russell at this point. So obviously, we're excited about the Wolves, um, and hopefully, uh, some of the things that have happened in the preseason will weaken some of our opponents, like the Warriors, because Draymond Green sucker punched Jordan Poole. In really brutal fashion. Oof. Did you guys watch the video? Yeah, that was rough. I mean, he absolutely just jaws the kid. Uh, It's a tough look for Draymond Green. Um, I think it's a bad look for the organization where they keep saying things like, wow, it would be easy to deal with this internally, but now that it leaked, well, that's what I. That's what it was so confusing to me, too. The messaging has been like, we're so upset at who leaked this. How about you? Yeah. How about you say, who cares that it leaked? It's horrible. Yeah. We should have, rele- like, we should have released the tape if we had it. Because it's like, dude, we're trying to be transparent. We're open about this. The real issue is that a teammate knocked out another teammate at a fucking practice. And it's the yeah. problem teammate. It's, Dude, it's the guy who chased out KD. It's the guy who got ejected and suspended during their fucking finals and they lost. It's the same dude. It's yeah. Dr- It comes out of Draymond people- Green causing fucking problems. He's not that good, you guys. People- 
He's a fucking yeah. triple single. A lot of people think he is trying to go to the Lakers. So I mean, you could do that without punching your teammates. Could you? I think that <laughs> he, I think, dude. I don't know if he could. No, he's a hothead. He's never been able. He's not that smart. He's not going to plan out. Okay. I'm going to pick this I mean, guy to punch really, at the right time no, when the guy's recording. He's that smart. He's like the voice of the players in the NBA. He's the new media guy. He's the Draymond? you know number one. Yes, he's like the, podcast and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's like he has this whole new media thing where he's taken over NBA media and all the players go to him and his guys instead of like old media and which like, is what Jalen like, you know. Those guys. I, I, I think it's more like the the newspapers and stuff is what he's talking about. And like you're like Stephen A's and stuff he hates. But he is calculated. My guess is that he knows Poole's going to get a max deal. He wants a max deal. They must have said, nope, we're not giving you one. So he's like, get me the fuck out of here. And they're like, no, we're going to run it back one more year with you. And you'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And he was like, <laughs> "Wow, now are you going to keep me? I think he wants to head to the Lakers. I want it. Well, I, I think want- if you... Simmons touched on this with uh, with Zach Lowe. I think if you if you had to if your life was on the line, you had to wager on who was going to retire a Golden State Warrior between Steph, Clay, and Draymond. You would one thousand percent pick Steph and Clay. And yeah. you, if you had to pick Draymond to leave, it would be probably after this season. Yeah, I can imagine him on the Lakers. I want it. I don't think he helps them win a title. I don't even think he really helps them. I think he just helps them have more drama. Um, I'm here for go that. Ahead. Go, go. Be another fucking old washed up has been player that's not really going to get them into the playoffs again. Well, they don't have, it's not like they have, I mean, I guess they could pay the luxury tax, but they're not going to give him a max deal, like a five year. No, they, they're not going to give him a big deal at all. He's going to take a veteran no. minimum type of shit to go play there to fucking get a six seat, maybe. All right. We got to move on. We have to move on to some soccer talk. And that's our Minnesota United. They beat the Vancouver Whitecaps in a desperation last game of the season to make the playoffs. They were like a three seed for like most of the season. Oh, They've completely crumbled and have fallen apart. They'd lost some crazy number of games in a row and then just now got themselves into the playoffs by winning an unexpected last game. My friend uh, Andy is a big United fan, goes to all the games. He said that he didn't go to the game this weekend because he was tired of the losing, and then they won. And he was like, <laughs> cool, the one game I don't go see. So Tell, tell Heistrom to stay away. I know, he, he might be unlucky at this he's, point. He so. doesn't belong anywhere near Allianz the rest of the <laughs> playoffs. I mean, hey, hey Ryan, it's worked for you, buddy. Yeah. We've yeah. <laughs> had season tickets and haven't been to a, a match. For four years, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, and then uh, finally um, – Big game, my team Arsenal, Jim's team Liverpool, and Arsenal come on. That's all the time we have. uh, Shootout, man. It's been fun. Um, (laughs) See you next week. An absolute shootout of a game. This thing was wild. Uh, As a neutral, it was an exhilarating match. It was like every time you thought one of the teams had control, the other team would just punch them in the face with a goal. The, but this is also the downside of the the London NFL game. Um, if you don't have multiple screens going, uh, you know you do a little bit of flipping back and forth, and it's it's tough to figure out which one you're going to watch. But I ended up, I think I ended up mostly watching Arsenal Liverpool, except I missed all three Arsenal goals. <laughs> I was I was I on my phone, walking, driving to and walking to the Vikings game, going through security, sitting in the stands during the game, watching the Arsenal game while I was watching the Vikings game too. So I was trying my best to do both. Um, but it is exciting. Um, the youngest team in the Premier League, the Gunners, their first place after nine games. I feel really good. You should. You should feel great. Hey, congrats, man. Um, you know, it hasn't been this way in a while. I, I feel like 
I can't. It hasn't been the same in a long time. Yeah, I, I don't know what the record is of the last you know ten times they've played or something, but I'm guessing it's like eight wins or something for Liverpool. Whatever. No, it's worse than that. Okay. Um, Arsenal had one win in their last eighteen matchups with Liverpool. Okay. So okay. <laughs> so this <laughs> this has been the monkey on their no, back. And I, they I, have dude, not... I'm trying to be gracious. I texted you, you know, changing of the guard, yeah. and unfortunately, that it doesn't feel like a fluke. It doesn't feel like a underdog story that you guys won. It feels like you guys are better now, and Liverpool has a lot to figure out. Liverpool needs to reset a little bit, yeah. and they just. They feel like the run it back far Vikings a little to me. Mm. Like they've just ran it back one too many times with the same guys. And they're just, they got I love the loyalty. Involved. I love the loyalty yeah. to guys like Firmino and, you know, VBD and uh, older, Henderson, older guys like Henderson. Miller, and, <laughs> but, Thiago. Right. I mean, they're just an old, they're kind of old at this point. And so I think like I would expect uh, a young kind of new Liverpool team next year. I think I would expect some serious investment. Because I think that their ownership is too good. Yeah, um, and they've made so much money over the last few years, being in every big European tournament, winning the Champions League, all these things. And they haven't spent that much. Um, They finally paid, you know, Salah, who's not really doing much this year. So that's a little weird, but... um, And you guys bought Darwin Nunez for like 90 million pounds. That that was was, something. And he's not doing much either. So, um, but yeah, I mean, maybe they need to go ahead and, and spend some money get younger, have a rebuild year, and maybe in two years, two seasons from now, we can be the old. I am really pumped up about the the title that Arsenal is going to win this. It's Most the trophy is going to, it's going to say, um, we pushed Man City for half yeah. of the season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were in it with Man City for the first half of the year trophy. Dude, because- if, if Liverpool can't win, let's hope, I mean, uh, if Arsenal could somehow beat City and win, I would love it. I'd be. I know, I know. You're shaking your head because it's impossible. But why? <laughs> the not, season's like. I'm also. Sh- I'm also shaking my head because I don't want it. City is an absolute different level team at this point. Then why are you at the top of the table and they're not? You've played it's teams like Liverpool. We beat Spurs and Liverpool back to back games. That's pretty fun. But I do think we're going to get absolutely stomped out at some point yeah. here. So well, maybe, it is what it is. Fun to be. A lot of fun. Happy about where we're at right now. Um, we're you know, the busiest month of soccer that any of us have ever seen. So it's a great time to watch the sport. Tons of great games in the Premier League, Champions League, Europa your, your, League. Your team, yeah, if your team's in European competition, you're going to play 17 matches this week. It's this like month. every every week there's two games for your team right now. So it's just a blast. Things are moving so fast. Everyone's going to get injured before the World Cup. <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I, I again, I think it's just a, one of the best products that you can watch on television right now. So. Uh, definitely make sure you tune in to uh, the big games next weekend. I know in the next two weeks you have Spurs versus United is a big one. And next weekend you have Liverpool versus Man City. Backs against the wall for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't need to win this one. Let's try, let's rebuild after that. Let's like figure it out after that. I mean, it'd be great. Yeah. But And we t- we do well against City. We have. Even the seasons when, they're, when they beat us by a few points, we'd you know, usually beat them or draw with them. I mean, they're cooking, like Eric said, they're cooking on a level that we've never seen. I mean, Erling Holland Holland's has... going to get two, so hopefully Firmino gets three. Holland has because as many Firmino's hat-tricks. the only person that scores. In the first, like, ten games of his career, Holland has as many hat-tricks in the Premier League as Cristiano Ronaldo does in his whole life. And it's the hardest <laughs> Harry, league. It's, the, Harry it's Kane, the best league. Harry Kane has scored in every game but one, and he's behind... Holland for the league 
the golden boot by like seven goals. That's crazy. He's just like... If, if Erling Holland wasn't in there, Harry Kane's season would be like, man, he's on pace for like 30 goals. Like this is going to be a crazy season for him. And Holland has 20 goals already. It's ridiculous. <laughs> We're he's, 10 he's, games into the season. So yeah, hopefully we'll just push all the teams to get better. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but that's really all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies podcast. Go check out our Thrones cast as we talk about episode eight of House of the Dragon. It's a great episode. Uh, and then we are going to be back with one more episode, our screencast later uh, this week, where we break down Tenet. We talk about all the shows that you guys should be watching. So until then, thanks for listening to your good friends here at the Nordies podcast. Yeah.